Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 8, The Tomb. I keep getting worried that I am or am not watching the correct episode now that I'm on the discs, not on streaming. I'm like, wait a minute, which one did we watch last time? I have to make sure I'm watching the right one. Okay. You want to make yourself a spreadsheet and just like check it off when we've done it. And then you have the record of it. I could. And then, yeah, that would would probably be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Or you can just text me and be like, what am I supposed to watch for today? (laughs) What am I doing? No, because I did have this spreadsheet going of of my episodes explained badly. So I should just Uh, start marking that of when we watch things. That's a good idea, too. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of watching, I did go back and watch this one on Amazon because this is the one of the ones that was missing and is finally back. Um, so it is, for some reason, whatever, like the old Netflix format where it's like not HQ, it's cropped back into a square and has the like cut to black commercial breaks in it. But other than that, it's, you know, all there and fine but for some reason not the (laughs) hq it's not the hq versions they had earlier this year and i'm still very confused by that that is very weird as to what happened with having it on there taking it off putting it back sort of yeah but like the wrong version (laughs) why why does that even exist in a streaming like why does the the like syndication version even exist in a streaming format now because those aren't the original episodes. They had to be like re-edited for syndication to put the fade to black commercial breaks in there. I'm just, I, I don't even know why any streaming service has the syndicated versions of the show. I don't know. It Anyway. That's a very good we, question to someday ask if we interview the Amazon and Netflix people. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's going to happen. Yep. You never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't say it won't. Say it might. Sure. There you go. Good enough. <laughs> Taking it. Going with it. Okay. All right. Well, should we get into it? Let's do. Okay. So this episode originally aired on August 17th, 2001. It was written by Joseph Malatzi and Paul Mully, directed by Peter DeLuise. And on the commentary, we have Peter, Joe, and Paul, which that sounds like a band. <laughs> I say it like that. <laughs> it's a, it's a- it's Peter, Joe, Paul. No, that's Peter, Paul, and Mary. Anyway. Uh, I like Peter, Joe, and Paul. It's not bad. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I actually, I pulled up two different summaries because the first one I found, just the ending of it is so dramatic. I just like, I had to share it. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So in this episode, on a rescue mission to recover Russian soldiers believed missing in action on a previously undisclosed trip, SG-1 gets trapped in a ghouled tomb with a number of decomposed bodies and a deadly alien monster with an appetite for human flesh. (gasps) I like it. And it's true. It is. Um, I mean, really, it's just an appetite for any flesh. Yeah, I I guess. But humans are the only ones there. So, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other summary was just SG-1 teams with a Russian unit when one of their Stargate teams goes missing in a mysterious alien ziggurat. Like, I mean, that's Oh, they got the true. ziggurat right. They did say ziggurat, <laughs> which I liked that recurring thing of Jack going pyramid and Daniel just going ziggurat. Like, just, and none of them acknowledging it. Just pyramid, ziggurat. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. I liked that too. Yeah. 
Um, so in the commentary, we got a little bit like sort of at the beginning, like the the sort of genesis for this episode. Um, and it's actually one of the original stories that Joe and Paul pitched when they were um, like looking to get hired to write on SG-1 back in season four. Um, and they liked it, but they were told that it was too expensive to make like the ziggurat set that they would need to, you know, do this episode. So it kind of just got shelved. But the reason they were able to do it now is that the ziggurat set is just a redressed Gould mothership. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah, there's actually um, on the DVDs, if you have like the individual season, I don't know if it's on the full like season 10 set that you have, but on this disc for just like the season five set, there is a special feature that's sort of a behind the scenes look at this episode a bit with Peter DeLuise like on the set. And yeah. there's a bit where like he's walking down the cigarette hallway and then you turn the corner and it's still like the Gould mothership because <laughs> they only needed to dress like so much for the set. So, yeah. yeah. And so and then um, like the main chamber where the sarcophagus is, is what the like the Peltac, like where the Gould sits, you know, the sort of um, what's that part of the shit where like. <laughs> What? You know, the thing with the stuff, the place where, where the things like happen. The cap, where, like, the captain sits. Yeah. You know, that it. that part of the ship. It's called the Peltac in, you know, Gould terminology, and I can't remember the regular Earth term. The message ball. No. I, communication you know. ball. Isn't the communication ball usually up there if they have one? Um, It might if be, but, like, you know, it's, like, where the Gould sits on his throne, and then there's that little control panel up front where there's a Jaffa who's, like, flying the ship. Right. And there's, the you know, the big window. Anyway. So that's like the sarcophagus room is that part of the set. So anyway, that's that's sort of where we are. Just now what this episode is, is about in general. Um. <laughs> okay. The <laughs> beginning of this actually reminded me a little bit of the fifth element. Oh, yeah. I always forget the fifth element starts in a pyramid because whenever you catch it on TV, it's already like half an hour into the movie and you're past that oh, part. Yeah. You know, so Come whenever on, I do manage to carry. catch it. I know that's one of my husband like that is one movie my husband will always stop and watch it is one of his like all-time favorite movies is the fifth element I mean it's an excellent choice I mean it's it's not bad yeah but cannot go wrong with that no not at all and one of the most daring Halloween costumes ever if you're so inclined oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) no thanks no Mm -mm. I tell you what though side note like the Mm -hmm. uh off topic the makeup box that she has where you she puts it up to her eyes and she hits the button and like she's all of a sudden wearing you know like awesome model makeup mm-hmm. like yeah. I so wanted one of those oh that would be nice oh, yeah I just wanted one yeah that would it be cool so if that cool. was a thing yeah. you know how people really 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 want hoverboards I really want one of those <laughs> yes <laughs> like, I will take, take that both into life. both <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Okay. Anyway, so this episode, we start on an alien planet uh, standing at the entrance to a ziggurat, not the pyramid. Daniel's trying to figure out how to open the door, and it's proving to be more difficult than he thought because this language is Babylonian cuneiform, which is a very, very dead language. And he's like, it's it's possible that, like, nobody has been here for, like, 3,000 years. And Sam's like, I'm not so sure about that because I just found a pack of Russian cigarettes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Russians. So would you like to know like a ziggurat versus a pyramid like what like differentiates the two and like how they compare to each other because we're, we're so used to pyramids so what is a ziggurat it is a ziggurat 
So ziggurats were not tombs, unlike pyramids, which were, you know, built to be tombs of, you know, the pharaohs and stuff. They were actually temples that were thought to be the house of the gods. Uh, they were four-sided, uh, usually rectangular, sometimes a little more square, I guess, depending on how much room they had to build. Uh, structures that had sort of terraced stairs on, usually on three sides, but some of them had sort of like a spiral staircase going around the whole structure, if you will, mm -hmm. going from the ground all the way up, um, that led to a small temple like on top of the structure. Mm -hmm. uh, the insides of ziggurats were actually not divided into chambers, which this one is, but whatever. Um, they were usually just like large open structures. There were probably like several levels to them inside, but they were just like large rooms, just like the whole structure was one open space for the most part. Um, in terms of like the locations of ziggurats, they were found in ancient Mesopotamia, which is modern day Iraq and Syria. And pyramids were like ancient Egypt and South America. And interestingly, the Tower of Babel uh, has often been associated with the ziggurat that was dedicated to dun, 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 Marduk. Really? Uh, yes. Okay. Excellent. So there you go. That's sort of like the the, the main stuff about ziggurats versus pyramids. So. Oh, fun stuff. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Hmm. So we come back from the opening credits up in the briefing room and SG-1 is bringing Hammond up to speed. And they mentioned that P2X338 was not on any of the mission logs that they reviewed when they went to go shut down the Russian gate in Watergate. The only thing the Russians are admitting to right now is that there may have been unauthorized gate usage. So perhaps there was something like the NID over there giving, you know, officers sort of covert orders outside of the like official mission requests. Kinda One of these that's everywhere. I mean, there always is in every order. There's just, yeah, it's a mm -hmm. thing. So one of these soldiers is Major Valentin Kerensky, and he went missing about a week before SG-1 went to Russia, and they think he may have gone off-world with two other officers and an archaeologist named Alexander Britsky. Uh, according to Daniel, this Alexander Britsky is an expert in ancient Mesopotamia, and this is the scene with Peter's cameo. Did you catch okay. it? No, yeah. never do. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> um, he's so Hammond passes out like the file folders that has sort of the 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 sheet about these missing Russian soldiers, and Peter's photo is one of the missing Russian officers. Okay. File folders. So it's a little one, but there he is. So yeah, I love how all of his cameos are very where's Waldo. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> so they bring up that if Kerensky and his team went off world. It's very possible that they're still out there because they're probably still waiting for some signal to like that it's like clear to come back from Earth. And given Jack's experience with Russians, they would like die before breaking protocol. And it's like, OK, well, we didn't see them there. And Daniel's like, maybe they figured out how to get inside the ziggurat. And he's like, I'll, fi I'll figure it out. I will figure out how to get inside. So you now come to here's the plot. Um, a second Russian team will be joining SG-1 when they head back to 338 to look for this possible missing Russian team. Jack really, 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 really does not like this, but the decision has been made. If you remember, back in Watergate, there was supposed to be, you know, cooperation between the U.S. and Russia about, like, sharing Stargate technology, and SGC has been trying to sort of put off Russian involvement, even though, you know, we said we would do that, but like this particular mission could actually probably benefit from having a Russian team go with SG-1. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. 
Sam and Jack head into Daniel's office, continuing to argue about the Russians. Jack still doesn't like it. Sam doesn't not like it, but she's more just like, this is what the situation is. So there's no use being like mad and like angry about it. I love how um, she's the one that also points out like, well, we haven't been actually holding up our end of the bargain. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah good, you know, good point. So uh, anyway, Daniel believes he's figured out how to open the door to help with this mission. The Russians actually sent over copies of Britsky's research. And so this ziggurat is dedicated to Marduk, who, yes, is a ghoul, which SG-1 should know Marduk is a ghoul because Marduk has been mentioned before in the show. Probably don't remember. I'm guessing it was a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) One of these times I'm going to know and you're going to be like, holy crap. But until then, no, I got it. So Marduk was mentioned in Thor's Hammer back in season one. He's the ghoul who kidnapped Kendra. And made ah. her a ghouled host who was, okay. she's like, you know, the first ungoulded human we've like ever met. I think we will ever meet. So Marduk was like the ghouled of her, of Kendra's home world. So oh, we've already been introduced to I do to remember Marduk. that. Okay. Yes. And also, also Babylon literally means gate of the gods. So yeah, Marduk is probably, probably a ghoul. So mm-hmm. the phone then rings. Uh, Daniel picks it up, says a couple things, and then hangs up and says, the Russians are coming. Which... <laughs> I think there's uh, this movie from 1966. It's a comedy called The Russians Are Coming. The Russians Are Coming. <laughs> I think it's a reference to that. It's uh, like the cast. I like was like, this sounds so familiar. And I probably it was just one of those things probably when I was little was like showed up on TV at some point or something. But so it's from 1966 starring Carl Reiner, Eva Marie Saint, Alan Arkin, Jonathan Winters, like sort of the who's who of like 1960s like comedy actors and yeah. in it like a russian submarine is grounded in new england during the cold war in you know shenanigans and um but it was called the russians are coming the russians are coming with an exclamation point so ah okay it gets a reference to that i'm gonna go with that it is yeah, like so. your description is the movie is just shenanigans shenanigans it's a comedy so there are <laughs> shenanigans yes <laughs> So anyway, so up in the briefing room, one of the Russians pours himself a cup of coffee, says something in Russian, which translates to, ugh, the greatest superpower on Earth, and they can't make a decent cup of coffee. Oh, funny. So uh, this actor who plays Valerian is the character's name. This actor, he's Alexander Kalugin. He, like, is actually Russian, like, grew up in Canada, but, like, his parents are Russian and stuff. And he, according to the commentary, sort of became, like, the unofficial Russian consultant for the show. Because, oh, like, funny. all of, like, the Russian dialogue wasn't written in Russian. It was just written in English. And he, like, translated it into Russian for everybody. <laughs> so they could actually, okay. like, speak in Russian. And um, pointed out um, the thing with... Uh, Tolanev, the the female um, airman who's with them, she her last name should actually be pronounced Tolaneva because she's a female and that's how Russian names work and stuff. But anyway, so yeah, sort of unofficial Russian consultant for the show. Well, they should have had him on the other episode on Watergate then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they're up in the briefing room. The blast doors are closed. So you can't like even see the gate room. Uh, SG-1 and Hammond come in. Introductions are made. The, the head guy is Colonel Zhukov, the, that's Major Valerian, and then we also have Lieutenants Marchenko and Tolaneva. So if you remember the episode Prodigy, this actress who plays Tolaneva, she was the other one who almost got the role of Jennifer Haley. Oh, and her okay. name is Jennifer Halley. The actress's name is Jennifer Halley. 
Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, so they were like, not quite right for this, but they brought her back for this, and she was great, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Jack's fame precedes him because he and Zukov have a friend in common, Dr. Svetlana Markov. Aww. Watergate. Yep. Um, and then there's kind of a funny bit where Hammond's like, do you want to rest and get something to eat? And Zukov's like, no, we don't. We already did that. So, yep. And, no, like, we're good. Valerian tries to, like, soften the blow, the message a little bit. <laughs> Be like, no, it's, it's fine. We would just rather get to work. Um, okay, so Daniel is up. So what's going on? What do we got here? So um, two years ago, Dr. Britsky was on a dig in southern Iraq and found several Babylonian tablets with these sort of expected cuneiform writing on them and one set of symbols that he didn't know. What do you know that they are? Hey, it's a set of gate coordinates. Surprise. Uh, specifically the ones to P2X338. So once somebody like, you know, over in charge in Russia figured out what was going on, all of the information is sort of about the dig was just like classified and buried. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then they must have sort of kept that address on file for a while. And then once they got a gate and information from Mayborn, that list was just sort of added to the places for them to visit. Um, the tablets also referenced something called the Eye of Tiamat, a large jewel that gave Marduk great magical abilities. Um, Jack and Zukov then get in a bit of squabble over the whole Stargate and how the U.S. was putting a whole world in danger and not sharing and blah, 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 blah. And Hammond's like, can we like stop that and get back to what we're actually doing here? Um, Daniel, can you open the door? Yes, he can. So it's basically a giant combination lock. So it's just a matter of like finding the right pieces to push. So okie dokie, uh, off they go. I do love, love, love that somebody finally called him out, called out the United States. What we've been saying the whole time of like, you guys mm-hmm. took it upon yourselves to represent the entire world, yes. never told anybody, mm-hmm. and put everybody in danger multiple times. Like he yes. said that, and I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Yep. We've been saying it the whole time. Yeah. Somebody finally said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Russia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just kind of odd to say. Anyway. For that particular instance. <laughs> yes. Um. So Jack and Zukov meet up in in the hallway on their way to the gate room and the uh, and bond slash argue over whose gun is awesomer. Um. So uh, Chevron Seven gets locked. Jack tells SG One to move out, and before the Russian team heads out. Zukov says something in Russian, which turns out to be stay in close formation. If you get separated, maintain contact on channel three. Uh, Jack asks what Zukov said, and he lies telling Jack he told them just good luck. And you could Jack, Jack knows he's lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he needs to like make sure that Zukov has things straight before they head out. Like Jack is the senior officer. Jack is the one in charge. And Zukov tries to argue that they have equal rank. And Jack's like, well, then you should know how important a clear chain of command is, right? And then Hammond comes over to Mike and is like, is everything okay? And they're like, yep, mm-hmm. Children, okay. are we fine? Are we, are we good? Mm-hmm. Um, so off they go. And uh, at the top of the ramp, Jack decides to slap the uh, event horizon, which apparently cost production $3,000, and Brad Wright threatened to take it out of Rick's salary. <laughs> really? He wasn't supposed to do that. Come on. It's a special so effect. It has to be then, like, you know. Anyway, so that was just a little That's fun. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so they're back on 338. 
Everybody's still outside the ziggurat. It's apparently been a while. Jack is ready to have Sam just like blow open the door and Jack's like, Daniel's like, no, no, I got, I got, I got, I got. Okay. So this, this writing on the door is the story of the Babylonian creation myth, but some parts of it are out of order and only like priests would be able to recognize what parts are out of place where. So he finds the little bits of the stone, pushes on those little panels and then the doors open. There's like a loud rumbling noise and like falling rocks and stuff. And a um, little fun fact from the commentary, anytime there's dirt falling from the ceiling, there's just some guy up in the rafters, like sprinkling the set with dirt. Like it's not like a machine. There's just some guy up there shaking dirt down onto the set. So That's funny. I would like to be the dirt guy on this episode. Me too. That'd be fun. Dirt guy. We need yep. more dirt. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so they decide to split up because like nobody knows which way they need to go to look for the possible missing Russian. And Jack's like, why don't you take Tilk for your protection? And Dukov's like, okay, you take Marchenko for your protection. Yeah, uh-huh, protection. That's, yep, mm-hmm. that's why this yep. is happening. Yep. yep. Uh, so they're walking through the ziggurat and Jack's team spots like uh, what looks like a person sort of sitting and leaning against a wall. Turns out that it's just a skeleton of a guy. Uh, but even if they disappeared like 10 months ago, there's no way it should be decomposed to the state that it's in, where it's basically like a completely bare skeleton. Um, Sam goes up close and like notices something quite disturbing. Uh, the, the skeleton is covered in teeth marks. Something ate this guy. <sighs> Not good. Yeah. Not good. What no. does that mean? What was that translation? It, it, um, it means like, oh my God, but it can also be like, oh, holy shit. And like just yeah. a kind of general exclamation, exclamation of, oh my God, what the, what the hell is going on? So, yep. yeah. So yeah, yeah. They can, they can say that again. Mm-hmm. And they do. Yes. Several times. It is, it is a very appropriate phrase for this yeah. whole episode. Uh, so Zukov's team have found the sarcophagus. It's in the middle of a large chamber, sort of surrounded by like, a platform of stairs and there's blowtorch equipment nearby and there appears to be several metal bands that look to have been cut away. Uh, Jack radios over to let them know about the dead body. Zukov tells them about the sarcophagus and Jack's like, wait, we'll be right there. Don't touch anything. Obviously they don't wait. And as Zukov goes to sort of step up onto the platform, it sets off some kind of booby trap. The ziggurat starts shaking, like the door is closing. Everybody's like running back towards the entrance Marchenko seems to think he can stop a probably several ton stone door from closing by the holding it. Uh, and that's not, obviously not a good way to die. No. So, cause yeah, that doesn't work. And he just gets smushed. Ugh, that's, that's not a good way to, and he plays it well too. Just the way yeah. he's screaming, just, ah, uh, yeah. You know? yep. Yeah. No, thanks. I mean, I imagine it was probably quick. If you, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, not good. Not good. No. No. So back with the sarcophagus, uh, there's sort of an interesting situation developing. Uh, Zukov doesn't seem all that upset that Marchenko is dead. As he said, casualties are to be expected. And Jack kind of takes offense to that a bit, if you will. Um, Also, the sarcophagus is unlike any other Gould sarcophagus we've seen. Um, Like those metal, those metal bands, like, seem to have been used to like seal whoever this was in from the outside. And there doesn't seem to be the usual like button 
or mechanism to be able to open it. And Jack's like, oh my God, I'll do it myself. And like sort of sticks his knife in the the middle of those two like pieces that like swing open, like kind of like wings, pries it open and uh, they manage to get it opened. And whoever was in there is dead, most likely Marduk. Uh, and he's also been like eaten down to the skeleton, like that Russian guy they found in the hall. And they're like, what, how, what did this? How did it get in there? Also, where is it now? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Good hey, quick, quick, it's, it's, it's in one of the hallways in like a cocoon thing. It's, mm. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, Sam then brings up another problem amongst the many they have at this moment. They only have five days of water. Jack's like, it'll be fine. We'll get out of here before then. Anyway, what do we do now? Because <laughs> we need to get out of here somehow. Find if there's anybody still alive after all this time. Who knows? Uh, Valerian suggests just blowing a hole in the door and Jack's like, no, that would probably just like bring the whole thing crumbling down on their heads. Unfortunately, none of the writings that Daniel has been looking over in this sarcophagus room mention any other way out, but it does say what happened to Marduk. Apparently he was such an awful guy that his priest rebelled and sealed him in the sarcophagus with some kind of creature that the, the thing that ate him alive and the Russian guy. And uh, considering the purpose of a sarcophagus is to keep a person alive, Marduk's death was probably very long and drawn out and painful because the thing would eat him, the sarcophagus would restore it, and the thing would eat him, and it would... So... That was a really good reveal in the script on that, too. Like, yeah. okay, so it ate him. And then Danny was just like, well, the purpose of the sarcophagus is to keep someone alive. And the realization, they all just went, ah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very reminiscent of the mummy. Mm-hmm. Still, uh, yeah. I'll I'll go yeah. with it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. So like the sarcophagus then probably kept that creature alive until the other Russian team showed up. Obviously, let it out when they opened the sarcophagus, and it killed them. Bojemoy. Yep. Yeah. There it is again. Yep. Um, okay, so everyone's gonna, like, pair off to go search this place, top to bottom, for a way out, find the creature, the rest of the missing Russian team, or what's left of them. Daniel's gonna stay there, keep working on translating the text that's all over the walls, because there might be some helpful information in there somewhere. Um, so we have, uh, Tilk and, Tilk and Valerian, Jack and Zukov, and Sam and Tolanev. So Sam and Tolanev have found the now empty cocoon. We get a shot of the creature sort of like skittling along the wall behind Tolanev and they like, you know. Oh man. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. No. No. Um, They whip around, but they just miss spotting it. Um, Oh wait, no. So wait, Zukov is with Tilk? Yeah. Sorry. No, at this point, Zukov is with Tilk and Jack is with Valerian. They flip it around the next time they go out. Anyway. So Zukov and Tilk have found another large chamber with what looks like the Russians' equipment and another skeleton. Turns out this is Britsky. Uh, so Tilk radios back to Jack about like, what they found, and Zukov adds that Britsky's journal's still there. So Jack tells him to take it back to Daniel so Daniel can take a look at it, see if there's any helpful information in there. Tilk heads out of the room first, and Zukov sneaks a large jeweled object out of Britsky's pack before going to catch up with Tilk. So, what is he up to? What is he up to? Back with Sam and Tolanev, they hear that, like, skittering noise of the creature again, still haven't seen it, and then they do. And then uh, from from elsewhere in the ziggurat, we get the sound of gunfire. Jack checks in with Daniel first, not him. He radios to Sam, no answer, so they go running towards where she was. 
once they get there, Tolanev is on the floor with, like, some sort of wound on her neck. Sam is still firing at the thing, which has, like, run off. And uh, there's even more bad news. The gold symbiote is in that creature, whatever it is. So, (laughs) I didn't really see that coming. Is that something you remembered and or saw coming? I remembered, yes, but, like, when it first happened, no, did not see coming at yeah. all. No, no. Yeah. That would kind of really suck for a ghoul to, like, be in a human for that long and then have to, like, live in that tiny creature. But yeah. you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Survival. It's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the name of the game. So everyone's back in the sarcophagus room. Tolnev is not doing well. Uh, the creature seems to have injected her with some kind of venom, Sam thinks. And Daniel's like, yep, that's what happened because that's what's in Britsky's journal. So when that that first Russian team opened the sarcophagus, the creature got out, attacked Kerensky, who died within two hours. Uh, two of the other officers died when a passage collapsed and the final entry in the journal reads, I'm all alone now. There is no escape. Only one course of action remains. And Valerian says he would have then used the cyanide pill that all Russian officers were given. Mm-hmm. Which Jack is like... So Zukov again brings up using the C4 and Jack's still like not an option. Um, Daniel then finds a sketch in the journal of the IFT mat that Britsky says he found in the sarcophagus. Uh, Zukov denies finding it with the stuff they found earlier. So he's like, where did it go? Is that important? No, it's not. This, this was not, that's not part of the mission. This was like a rescue mission. So this IFT mat thing, not important at all. I did look up a bit about about Tiamat, if you want to know who she was. And she's oh. actually kind of interesting. Um, so Tiamat is one of the goddesses of creation in Babylonian mythology. She represented the salty seawater, and along with Apsu, who represented freshwater, they gave birth to the first of the gods. A few generations later, the grandchildren, if you will, wanted to overthrow Tiamat and Apsu. Apsu wanted to strike them down first. Tiamat managed to talk him down. Well, she, like, tried to talk him down. It didn't work. The younger gods discovered Apsu's plan, killed him. And sort of around that time when Apsu was killed is when Marduk was born. And he was given the four winds as, like, his playthings. Tiamat then created an army of monsters to avenge Apsu. And the younger gods wanted to do something about Tiamat, but, like, basically couldn't get their shit together to figure out what to do. So Marduk stepped up and was like, I'll fight Tiamat. And if I win, I get to, like, be the head dude in charge of everybody. So Marduk did manage to defeat Tiamat using the winds to sort of like surround her and like keep her in place, shot an arrow into her belly, just like splitting her in half. And so with the two halves of Tiamat, Marduk then created the earth and the sky. Right. So there you go. And that's total sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. Got it. That's Tiamat for you. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the search of the ziggurat continues. This is where we have Jack and Zukov going off. Sam and Tilk go off on their own. Daniel's still in the sarcophagus room, and Valerian is still there to keep an eye on Tolanov. Sam and Tilk come across some blood. Perhaps Sam was able to, like, injure the creature during the fight earlier, so they radio Jack to let him know. Back in the sarcophagus room, Tolanov is really not doing well. We hear that skittering noise again, and Valerian's like, what was that? And, like, gets his gun and, like, heads out into the hall, and here we get what was apparently an ad lib by Michael Shanks, which is probably one of my favorite lines from this episode. He goes, yes, you go down the dark hallway alone and I'll wait here in a dark (laughs) room alone. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yep. I like that. Uh, Yeah. And then we get like a quick, uh, just sort of like creature point of view shot of Valerian. So like the creature 
um, they used uh, like a crane that spun around like 270 degrees. So it was kind of like oh, supposed to sort of be like the creature like crawling up a wall and like planting himself on the ceiling like above Valerian. So it's like, uh, oh, something bad. Yeah, that bad. was a pretty cool shot. I like it. It was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack and Zukov have reached a dead end. Again, Zukov just wants to blast their way out. And again, Jack says no. Zukov brings up Tolnev's condition and that they really need to get her back to Earth. And Jack's like, what about expecting casualties? So it's like, <sighs> come on now. I know. Zukov tries to like downplay Jack is not being able to take the risks necessary in situations like this. And he's like, oh, we take risks. We just don't give our people cyanide pills. So this is interesting dynamic happening mm-hmm. here. Mm. Meanwhile, Sam and Tilk have been literally walking in circles. Something then falls from the ceiling onto Sam, who yelps and jumps out of the way. It's the creature, which is, it's some sort of, like, lizard squid thing. Like, it has, like, several tentacles, arms, legs, and, like, kind of, like, pointy teeth. Um, It's just, yeah, it's kind of weird, gross, uh, but it, it is now dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam does not sense a symbiote in it, and to make sure Tilk kind of pokes it with his like gun a couple times and then like stabs it in the neck and they see that indeed it is not possessed by a ghoul. So either it left the host and then just died because it couldn't find a new host or it did actually find a new host. Oops. Not good. Uh, yeah. Some fun, uh, fun filmmaking from the commentary. They actually, they dropped like a little beanbag onto Amanda when they shot. So she would like actually have something to react to for Tilk. When he goes like cut into the creature, there's just like a hunk of beef there so oh. he could actually like grab something and actually stab something it. so yeah so that's always you know nice that's when there's a physical thing. thing yeah that's always good so sam radios this new information to jack and she can be certain that neither her nor tilk are possessed uh Tolineva, you know wouldn't be because if she was she wouldn't still be as sick as she is so that leaves daniel valerian jack and zukov as the only possible hosts and uh mm. yeah Jack and Zhukov just immediately draw their weapons on each other. <laughs> which apparently, according to Peter, there was a big debate about, like, which one of them, like, Rick or the actor who plays Zhukov, was going to, like, raise their gun first. And Peter just finally be like, okay, we're just going to do three, two, one, go. <laughs> to, like, solve the problem. Um, yeah. So uh, Jack tells Sam to head back to the sarcophagus sarcophagus room to check on Daniel Valerian and then he and Zukov start arguing about how I'm not possessed and here's the reason why it might be you that's possessed and oh no I know um, it's not me so it must be you yes yes uh out in the passageway we see uh, somebody like reach out activate a hidden panel in the wall inside of which is a gold hand device this person picks it up and oh my god it's Valerian Aww. right oh man uh, so Daniel's still translating. Uh, he hears somebody come in, starts to say something about the bit of text. He's just translated. He turns to see Sam and Tilk with their weapons aimed at him. Uh, luckily, no ghoul detected there. So that's good. Anyway, big awesome news. There's a very good chance there's a ring transporter here. Yay! Yay! They can get out! Yay! Finally. Yeah. Good news, yes. Uh, so Valerian finds Zukov and Jack still facing off. Uh, Zukov says in Russian that he thinks Jack is the Gould, and Jack responds, "You got to be kidding! It might as well just be this guy." So apparently Jack knows Russian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot that. Apparently Jack knows Russian, so he's right. 
the Gould's there. Uh, Marduk comes out, uses the hand device to throw Jack across the room. Zukov starts shooting at Valerian, but he has a personal shield. Which, why does he have personal shield? Because that was first introduced by Apophis when they were on the Nox planet. I don't so know. This guy's Not been there for ears. like 4,000 years. He shouldn't have a personal shield. I don't know. Anyway. They upgrade everybody automatically. It's like a Wi-Fi <laughs> thing. They just... <laughs> Can I, can I get the password for the gold Wi-Fi? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all updates. <laughs> yeah. Was it Rob123? Yep. <laughs> so Marduk asks where the Eye of Tiamat is. He's like, remember, I have all of Valeran's memories. I know you were given a secret mission. Zukov tries to deny he has any kind of secret orders. Marduk just like backhand, backhands him and accuses him correctly of lying. Uh, quick up back to the sarcophagus room. Daniel has found the rings. Yay. Tilk is poking around trying to figure out how to activate the rings. And he does find a hidden chamber with like those like control crystals that every all ghoul technology uses. Sam wants to tell Jack, but they're like, not until we know who the ghoul is. Because <laughs> we don't want Good the ghoul to know. Yeah. Yes. So Marduk has grabbed Jack's P90, aims it at Jack, threatening to shoot him if Zukov doesn't give him the eye. Okay. All right. Fine. Zukov has it. Jack's like, don't do it. But Zukov apparently decides now he won't be responsible for any more deaths, so he tosses it at Marduk. Wait, no, it's not the eye. It's a grenade! What? Uh, Jack manages to, like, dive out of the way just as, like, a big corner of the room is all the collapse and everybody's buried in rocks and rubble. The others all feel the rumbling, and Sam calls to Jack over the radio. He's fine. There's no way anybody else in that room is still alive. And, you know, he tells them what happened with Valerian and Zukov. Sam tells him about the ring transport, and he's like, I'll be right there. So Jack's back. Uh, Tilk was kind of, like, hiding around the corner, snuck up behind him, confirms he's not a ghoul. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. Rick's reaction was just really like, ah! He's like, Thanks for, like, yeah, yeah. feels good. Um, and Tolaneva should be okay as long as they get out of there. ASAP, uh, Jack confirms Zukov didn't make it. Um, but... We get a quick shot back in the now collapsed room with the hand device reaching up from underneath all of that rubble. So, no. <sighs> all right. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so time to go. One last thing to do. Uh, Marju comes running in. He's very badly in- injured, like scrapes and blood, like all over him. Uh, he will have his revenge. And Dex, like, that's what you all say. Jack pushes something on a remote. Marduk looks over. There's like a pile of C4, other explosives. The rings activate. SG-1 is out. The temple explodes, fire-consuming Marduk. Yay! Back at the SGC, uh, the debriefing is over with the Russian colonel. Tolaneva cooperates Jack's version of events, but uh, the Russians are still not happy with what has happened and maybe don't quite believe the story they've been told because, after all, every member of SG-1 is alive and well, but only Tolaneva survived, so... Yeah, and Jack's like, yeah, it's all because of Zukov's, like, secret orders and the fact that nobody respected the chain of command. And there's just, like, you know, more sniping between Jack and the Russian colonel. And Ham is just like, okay, we're all very sorry for the loss of life and the fact that the eye of T-Mat is now lost forever. Can we just, like, cool it a little bit? Chill out. Yeah. And the Russian's like, surely this won't have any impact on future interactions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> <sighs>
Oh, yeah, this is yeah, this this little incident is going to do wonders for U.S. Russian relations. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with regard to the Stargate. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do find it interesting that so far we've only had Russian international Earth stuff, haven't we? Yes. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. We'll get more. We'll we'll get more in a couple been, seasons. I yeah. I yeah, but I thought it was just interesting that the first yes. the, the only time as of yet that we've done with in, dealt with international relations has been with Russians. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, that that's sort of what it was at the time that the show was made. So, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. So a couple of final fun facts. Uh, this episode won the Leo Award for Best Production Designer in a Dramatic Series. Ooh. Um, it was nominated for Best Cinematography, but the winner was an episode of Dark Angel. Which I never watched. Oh, that's a good show. Season three would have been awesome, but Fox was dumb and canceled it. Oh, they've done that more than once. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, episode title, The Tomb, fairly straightforward, um, and all of the foreign territories were just tomb in that respective language, so <laughs> nothing really fun there. Yeah. Um, one other fun thing from the DVD, so in addition to the sort of inside the tomb, it, it was called, like, with Peter on set, there's also a video diary from Amanda Tapping. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, so there was some behind-the-scenes stuff. Mostly, it looked like uh, during the filming of Red Sky. So just sort of like life on set, what the set looks like behind the scenes and everything. But one of the coolest things is, so in Red Sky, that's the one where when they, like, come tumbling out of the gate and they're also covered in that, like, frost again that they were at the very beginning of the series before when the Stargate was still a little wonky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So showed how they did that effect. So... There was like this thing, it kind of looks like a paint sprayer, like where it's got like a like a chamber that is actually filled with hot paraffin wax, which then like sprayed a mist of the wax like out and you just kind of like stuck your face in it and oh. to, to da frost. Oh. So, yeah, right. that's how they did that. And then your skin was beautiful and soft when you get to pull it off. Yes. And then they also show the like the filming of like when SG One then arrives on the planet and like uh, Sam and Jack actually we actually see Sam and Jack like rolling down the stairs so we see their like stunt doubles doing that stunt and stuff. Oh fun! And yeah, so that was pretty cool. Interesting yeah. stuff if you like if you like that kind of behind the scenes stuff. That's I on there. do like that kind of behind it to bring you into the world. Yes, like it. That's cool. Yes. Okay, so, so we'll have to look at that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, final thoughts. Do we like this episode? What do we think? I did. I thought it was good. Thought it was interesting that they did. It reminded me of, you know, the movie Alien and Aliens and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. with the, with the creepy creature creeping around everyone yes. and they find a cocoon and. Yeah. I'm very glad. Well, I mean, the ghoul is kind of the, you know, inside the person anyway. But I'm glad they didn't have. Any sort of super gruesome alien eating people encounters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. Like this is this is definitely one of my favorites from the season. They talked about a bit in the commentary where like recent episodes had had like Sam trying to figure out the sciencey solution to the problem, and this episode it got to be like 
Daniel's turn because all you had to do was like read and decipher and like do Daniel's stuff and he's the one who got to like save the day basically. So yes. that is the nice yes. when when Daniel actually gets to do things. And it's funny how how O'Neill will always like <laughs> rib he like he ribs him like people, you know, do rib IT guys of like, what do you need five minutes to get this done? Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Daniel's like <laughs> dead language (laughs) i need to go i actually need to like go back to earth to get some books (laughs) yeah get some longer time um language doesn't exist anymore no no i also like that we got band daniel it's my favorite daniel of all the daniel variations (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that would be your edition of barbie doll that you purchased band yes Yes, okay. I don't. I don't want Boonie Daniel. I want Band Daniel. Thank you, yes. please, very much. <laughs> <laughs> that is his accessory package that you would be purchasing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice. Um, and I like him in the tan color. I mean, green's not bad, but I like the tan. Um, mm. Like the desert okay. camo, I think it's nice. All right. Okay. Yep. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. You can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And now on Discord, please check the link in the show notes and join us there. Or you can send us an email at woo, that's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Between Two Fires. Bye. Bye.